1: to the inside. He's got Max Danball picked off. He's around Chase Ryanauer. Jared Horstman up to third down the back
2: straightaway.
0: And Rich France.
2: The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire. Uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back
0: out.
3: Michigan's short track racing authority. This is Travis Stemler. Going The Racing 47. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion
4: Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schling. And this is Horsepower Happenings.
1: Good evening, race fans. Welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a picture perfect Monday, a picture perfect week lined up for the greater area and a great week and great weekend in store for racing. And we got a lot to talk about tonight. Two great interviews lined up, some track side coverage. But first, we got to see what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Winchester Speedway played host to one of the most dramatic Arkham Menards Series races of the season Saturday night. The drama started early when Daniel Dye was turned into the front stretch wall coming off turn four by Taylor Gray on lap 85 of the 200 lap race. Then Ty Gibbs turned Corey Heim for the lead with three laps to go. As the pair began to navigate lap traffic, Gibbs went on to win ahead of Greg Van Alst. Heim brought it home in third. A scary moment Saturday night at Butler Motor Speedway when two drivers from the street stock division were transported from the track after an early race accident on the front stretch. One driver was taken by ambulance while the other was airlifted. As of Monday, today, one driver was released from the hospital with a concussion and bruising while the other was expected to be released in the coming days. And how about Brandon Thurlby? This cat is on a roll, continuing his winning ways at Winston Speedway. The Buckley, Michigan driver grabbed yet another win on the season his fifth at winston and ninth of the season between winston Merritt, tri-city and i-96 speedway and those things and so much more happening tonight on horsepower happenings good evening welcome in i'm zach heiser rich france joins me from across the way how are you sir good i'm uh had a great weekend
2: at my home track but uh... Really looking forward to what we have coming up. It's it's going to be a fun weekend in the great white north.
1: I want to take just a second here before we get started and and send my condolences and my, my heartfelt uh, thoughts and prayers, really from all of us at Horsepower Happenings, to our good friend uh, Mikey Myers. Uh, Mike is a uh, member of the safety crew that works at Nashville and, and works at races all around the area that we go to. Uh, he's also a member of the CERT's safety team and is a, a big part of what's going on at race uh, racetracks up there in um oh, i just lost it uh, at lancaster at lancaster is where he is a part of he just promoted a nascar wheel and modified show there and uh, of course one day after that big event with the modifieds uh, mike lost his young son and just heartbreaking for him and and for everybody who knows him so uh our condolences to mikey myers and and buddy if you happen to hear this we're thinking of you we love you and we hope that things improve for you now back to what's going on around the racing world rich what a weekend another big show and another big win for young money
2: yeah you know kyle Larson's made many trips to victory lane zach in his career on both dirt and asphalt uh but he celebrated like it was his first time after winning the 31st uh, Prairie Dirt Classic Saturday at Fairbury Speedway. The Elk Grove, California driver climbed uh, to the roof of his car, grabbed two checkered flags and waved them back and forth with excitement uh, after holding off Bobby Pierce for the $50,000 prize. Young Money methodically worked his way to third from, se- from his seventh starting position, uh, making his move for the lead on a lap 27 uh pass to get by pierce uh even though larson led the final 70 laps of the morton buildings feature pierce tried to chase him down until the end the oakwood illinois driver started closing in during the last 15 laps uh before larson moved up a lane and drove away the prairie dirt classic triumph is larson's first career which is unbelievable world of outlaws late models win uh adding to an already impressive 2021 season He's the only driver to win a feature with both the World of Outlaws late models and World of Outlaws sprint cars. Uh, Pierce held on for second with Shannon Babb, Chris Madden, and Brandon Shepard rounding out the top five. And Zach next up for the World of Outlaws Morton Buildings late models is a stop at Outagamie Speedway in Seymour, Wisconsin tomorrow for the FVP Platinum Battery Showdown.
1: Well, it was a big Saturday night at Birch Run Speedway and Event Center as three-time JEGS CRA All-Stars Tour presented by Chevrolet Performance Champion Cody Coughlin picked up the win leading, uh, or I should say uh, the the tour leading third win of the season in Saturday night's Back to the Bricks shootout at the Dixie. That was a 100-lap race presented by JEGS.com. The field was coming to the green flag at the start of the race, and calamity broke out As pole sitter Chase Berta had an issue that stacked up the field behind him, causing a red flag and a total restart. Uh, Word is that Berta missed a shift coming out of Turn 4, and the rest, as they say, is history. Berta, Dan Leek, Katie Hettinger, who was making her first career jeg start, and Jimmy Tucker all taken out of that uh, event. It also included uh, drivers like the uh, number 10 machine of Steve Doerr and uh, really just a lot of cars that ended up taking some damage in that but were able to continue. Crump got the jump on Hosevar on the restart. His outside front row starting position played key to that. Crump, Hosevar, and Coughlin pulled away from the rest of the field as they worked their way through the the, uh, majority of the field, lapping up to eighth position before the second caution of the event flew on lap 85 when the 27 of David Killian brushed the turn four wall with a cut right front tire. Several laps of side-by-side racing after the uh, caution flag before Coughlin was able to pull ahead and retake the lead. Hosevar led one lap officially before Coughlin got back by. He'd pull away and get the win by a little over a second. Hosevar held off a hard-charging Crump to finish second in the uh, NASCAR Camping World Truck Series competitors' first series event of the season. Crump would finish third. It was his first series event in several seasons and the first ever event for the Crosstown Auto and Truck Parts team and owner Robert Wheeler, who normally rich as you know fields that outlaw late model for crump when he's not racing stan and judy rosen's arca cra super series car anthony danta finished in fourth place that car came on strong i think a couple more laps he could have been on the podium it was his first series event of the season he battled hard for a top five and andrew scheid how about this i've been rooting for this kid all season and he just has not had any luck uh he brought home a fifth place finish picking up the Seneca Performance Rookie of the Race and the Sweet Manufacturing Sweet Move of the Race Awards. He had to start at the back after having issues um, before they could go green. He ended up pulling down Pit Road, had to start at the tail, probably was a blessing in disguise with the lap one calamity. He could have been caught right up in that. So nice job, Andrew. The next event for the Jenk CRA All-Stars Tour is the Battle at Berlin 150. And that is coming up on August 20th and 21st at Berlin Raceway. Of course, for more information, cra-racing.com.
2: Now, Zach, uh, the Smitty Memorial last night uh, took place at the Galesburg Speedway. And uh, Andy Bozell was the defending champion. He picked up the $5,000 win uh, one year ago. Well, yesterday, the race, last night, the race was reduced from 100 to 60 laps due to low car count for the Outlaw Late Models uh seven outlaws took the green flag uh and of course Andy goes back to back with the win this time uh with Phil his son Phil chasing him instead of him trying to keep him on the same lap uh i don't know if car count affected the payout uh but it was slated to pay $5000 to win Zach, what are we gonna do about these car counts, my friend? Man,
1: I don't know, and especially with the outlaws, and and that was a night where there wasn't really any competition for that division. So um, I'm not sure if some cars got tore up the night before, or if folks are saving it for the sizzler. Uh, I I really don't know what what is the deal with that with that program right now. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe it was a Sunday
2: night, um, but I think I think last year they ran it on a Sunday night and. You know, it seems like they, they, they had, a you know, a bunch of other cars there. It looks like they had a, a decent crowd. But, uh, set, you know, we, we've been, you know, watching all year and we see 13 outlaws at this track and 11 at this one and 15 at this one. And then
1: uh, I don't think we've seen seven until this event right here yeah pretty pretty sad uh well we'll keep an eye on it and hopefully things improve let's move back to the dirt track the program friday night at i-96 speedway featured a sprint car doubleheader with not only the Great Lakes Super Sprints in action, but also the Fast on Dirt and Sprints on Dirt 410 series. A handful of drivers elect to pull double duty, including Ryan Rule, Max Stambaugh, Mike Ostrowskis, Chase Reinauer, and Dustin Daggett, to name a few. Daggett and Stambaugh led the field to green in the 360 portion of the show, with Stambaugh picking up right where he left off during the 410 feature, out front. Stambaugh took the inside line away from Daggett going into turn one and never looked back, sailing off into the lead. By lap six, Stambaugh had already caught the back of the field to begin lapping cars, and the race was only slowed one time when a cluster of vehicles somehow managed to snag a start cone in turns three and four. The cone was kicked out onto the racing surface, and officials were forced to throw the caution on lap 19, erasing Stambaugh's nearly eight-second advantage over Dustin Daggett. On the restart, Stambaugh jumped back out to a massive lead, helped by a mistake from Daggett, who uh, jumped the cushion going into turn one and slid off the banking. He managed to regather the car before falling outside of the top 10. Stamball held on for the win, making him the third driver with three wins in the series this season. Rule finished second. Danny Sams finished third. Ryan Conium fourth and Chase Ridenauer finished in the top five. Conium, who started 12th, earned the Hoosier Racing Tire Hard Charger Award, gaining eight positions in that event. And Rich, just to make it clear, Stambaugh's win came after he took the lead on lap 7 of the 410 race and went on to win that event as well. So it was a double down for Max Stambaugh, and we had a chance to catch up with a very happy race car driver after the show. Standing by with the guy that swept the night at I-96 Speedway. I'm going to break this down into both races. Um, I know it doesn't matter to you. You won both of them, so, I mean, it's all pretty cool. But that fast 410 feature is the first one out. Big moment on the front stretch as you're trying to make a pass for the lead. Take me through that situation first.
4: Yeah, you know, uh, we were pretty good at the beginning. Um, they went out and watered the track. We ran the bottom middle. You know, I've been pretty good at getting around the middle here uh, recently. And uh, then it started pushing up, but I uh, got under Marvel off four. And and uh, I kind of knew I, you know, once I get in the lead, it's my pace. And, and uh, you know, live, live or die by the top and we got going and we were really good. So you get the lead and that was it, man. Lap seven, you never look back all the way. A couple of red flags, though, and I know that with the technology you guys run now, bleeders and everything like that, any concern through those red flags? Yeah, you know, I, I was worried about my bleeders. They come on the announcer and uh, on the radio and, and said that uh, if tires looked like they were low, they were going to do an open red, and and uh, I knew we were pretty good. These guys are pretty sharp at what they do, and uh, it, uh, it it's awesome to uh, win two races in one night. I, that's something I've never done since go-kart racing, so... I'm going to take this, drink a couple beers, and uh, get ready for Fremont. Yeah, and we haven't even talked about the 360 race yet, man. You took the lead. You you uh, made a big move. I think it was maybe the move of the race. You kind of squeezed Dustin on that first right into turn one, and uh, I think that really set the tone for the whole thing. Yeah, Daggett's a really smart racer. You know, he's been doing this for a lot of years, so uh, I knew what his plan was. Um, <laughs> I knew if I got the start to, to take the air off the front of his car, so... Got, got the start and uh, just kind of in that race, you know, made my own pace and uh, tried to get around lap cars as fast as I could. And uh, there was a yellow with like seven to go, maybe, or six. And uh, six to go, yeah. I asked him and, and, and uh, the guy said, just stay up top. So I tried to be smooth and straight. I'm going to give you a statistic because you love my statistics, all right? You're the first driver this season with GLSS to win back-to-back at I-96. So nice job. Thank you. I appreciate it. You uh, you know, I just want to say, uh, you know, Zach, you do a really good job with this uh, horsepower happenings thing, and, uh, you know, Michigan needed somebody like you, so uh, appreciate you doing this for the drivers. He takes over
1: the points lead now. We'll see if he can defend it. Well, you already had the points lead. He widens that gap now as we go to Fremont tomorrow, and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll have to call you and get an interview from there. Nice job tonight. Thank you. I appreciate it. Ryan Rule, another one of those drivers pulling double duty, and he was exhausted by the time everything was said and done Saturday night. I had a chance to catch up with him and get his thoughts about the doubleheader. Here's what he had to say. Man, you look whooped. (laughs) Double duty tonight. 410,
3: 360. Nice runs in both cars. Uh, Take me through that 410 race first, I guess. Um, I didn't quite know what to expect, because I-96 is different every time we come here, but uh, we started passing cars, and it, it felt awesome, and yeah i was happy to be moving forward uh last time we were here we ended up in the cornfield so (laughs) i was just trying to uh save some pieces it's amazing
1: the the way that these cars move uh you know we've all watched 410 and 360 racing but when you see them together the closing rate in this 410 or this 410 um and the moves that you guys were making my goodness some of those were like a piece of paper's width difference this track seemed really racy tonight
3: yeah it was i i like when i96 is like this uh kind of wide, slick, and the, the cushion isn't a foot tall, so you can kind of be smooth on it. But yeah, the the 410s are so fast, Now I'm glad it's not just me that thinks that.
1: Yeah, well, from where I was sitting, it looked pretty cool. Um, now, 360 race, you were... You, you started toward the front. Looked like it kind of took a little while for that car to come in. I don't remember saying, there goes Ryan Rule, until toward the end of that race. Uh, what, what was... Was anything off, or were you just kind of playing playing patient?
3: Um, I I saw Max was running the top super hard, and I was trying it, and the car just wasn't working. So I moved down, uh, got past a few guys, and I thought maybe that was going to work, but that sort of dried out. So I moved back up, and it felt like it was starting to take rubber, so I, I just kind of could full throttle up there, and uh, it, it felt good, but, yeah, Max was... Uh, hooked up and he was moving a little bit of a gift at the
1: end uh dustin kind of struggles on the restart blows it off the top of one and two you bring it home second uh we say this a lot and the answer is usually the same but good points night for you to try to reel max back in
3: yeah no i uh, the
1: part i say a lot is are you watching
3: that i'm trying not to pay a whole lot of attention just trying to do what i normally do so uh it doesn't get psychological and i mess myself up so yeah i just try to uh, not think about it and do it like uh it's any other night well oh man congratulations nice run good luck tomorrow thanks zach
1: after it was all said and done on friday the teams loaded up and headed for south and fremont speedway glss unloaded for the first time since 2017 and Stambaugh nearly continued his perfect weekend qualifying fifth winning his heat race and drawing the pole for the 25 lap feature event Field stayed mostly in place, except for a few drivers who were on the move, including eventual winner Dan McCarron coming from 4th. McCarron grabbed the win over Stambaugh and Rule. Brad Lamberson finished 4th. Dustin Daggett slid back to 5th. The big mover of the night, though, was Mike Keegan, who gained 11 positions to go from 18th to 7th. Next event for the Great Lakes Super Sprints is this Friday night at Tri-City Motor Speedway. More on that coming up toward the end of the show. And a quick update. Max Stambaugh now leads the series points by... I should say, now leads the series points over Ryan Rule by 21 points, Dustin Daggett now 84 points back, and Danny Sams moves into fourth, 168 points out of the top spot. So, Stanball looking to try to get a championship this year, and a fun fact, not only does Max lead the championship point standings with the Great Lakes Super Sprints, he also leads with the Sprints on Dirt, and he's in the, I believe, top five with the Fast on Dirt series. So, He's going to have a decision to make here in the closing uh, closing times of the season, Rich France. Yeah, Zach. But, Zach,
2: i got to tell you, uh, when we go through the end of the year, I hope we vote on probably one of the best stories because this story right here is going to have to be right up there with all of them. Absolutely. All of the stories we've done all year. Uh, this one is going to be in the running. After a tough week for uh, IMCA-modified driver Chad Bennett, um, he found redemption Friday night at Tri-City Motor Speedway. Earlier in the week, his son Austin suffered injuries as a result of a side-by-side ATV accident, Zach, uh, breaking his back and paralyzing him from the waist down. Just horrific. And while Chad had planned to call it a season to help his son, Austin encouraged him to race on Friday, and it paid off. Bennett drew the number one pill to start... uh, on the pin of the 1500 to win feature. You ever heard de- divine intervention? Yeah, back? no kidding. Okay. Right along AJ ward. Now I don't know if that's divine intervention. Yeah, that's no, gonna that-, make you, <laughs> that, that that's going to make you earn your cookies any night at the racetrack for sure. But Bennett worked the bottom of the racetrack, never lost the lead throughout the in 20, entire 25 lap feature event and brought home a very emotional victory. Uh, you know, our, our, our thoughts and prayers out to the Bennett family. Hope, hope Austin, uh, gets through this, but, uh, what a story. I, I, I you don't want ever want to hear any, any, anything like this, uh, going wrong. Uh, but wow, what a, what a comeback and going from probably the worst moment of his life at the end, at the beginning of the week, uh, to one that had to feel pretty good uh, at Tri-City.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned it, too. Uh, You know what? When you start alongside a guy like A.J. Ward, you know you're going to have your work cut out for you, and you hold him off and use the bottom of the racetrack and just methodically drive your way to victory lane, especially with everything else that's going on in your life. Way to go, Chad. Nice job, and uh, congratulations from all of us here at Horsepower Happenings. Hey, it's time to talk, did you know, Gary Lindahl style, and man, we had some good questions this week, and, Really some good answers, too, from those who follow us on social media. And I made the comment, I, you know, I, I said, but Gary, come on. Yeah, I'm, this is,
2: you know, not everybody is your age. Oh, now he's going to shoot me for that. But <laughs> I said, not, every, not everybody's going to get these questions. I said, you got to throw, you know, throw in some of the, you know, the new ones. Well, uh, he still went back old. And boy, this is the closest we've had to, every, to, to anybody getting all of them. And uh, we had a couple gentlemen come very, very close to getting all of them. So, Zach, we're going to start with the number one uh, question that Gary had last week. And it was, name three successful Midwest drivers named Jeep. I got one,
1: Jeep Van Warmer. <laughs> that was the only one you had. Well, that was the only I, one I could come up with.
2: Well, I knew of another one because I watched him race when I was a kid, and that was Jeep Yakabucci. So, I, I was aware of him, but Jeep Plum. I, did, I, I, I had remembered the name, but I, I had not seen him race. So those were the answers. Uh, Brad uh, Bergevin and Mike DeFord guessed all three correctly. So very nice start uh, for this week's first question. The second question, um, where did Hall of Fame driver Tim Felver start racing?
1: Now, I had no idea. Uh, that, that, A, I'm a little young. And B pavement side of racing, not exactly my strong suit all the time. Well, they both both uh,
2: both Brad and Mike they they were going to the end on this one. Uh, Brad gave us a history lesson with years in it. Okay, (laughs) he even threw so it was like we didn't need to know all that. Uh, But but he had it right. He knew Owasso and he knew it was go karts. So did so did Mike as well. So uh, they both got those correct. They are still even. They both got all the questions right. Going into question number three, let you me know hear. What's it. We're gonna ju- we're gonna jump to four. Okay, first. all right, this? all right, all right. That's fine. We're gonna jump to four first. So, where did Big Daddy Rubbish sponsor most of their cars? At what racetrack?
1: Also, out on this one, I would have failed this quiz miserably if i been playing along. Well, I hadn't spent enough time at this track
2: to know this, or, or I would have known. But uh, Brad and Mike got it correct again, and it was spartan speedway all right so i did this just so we could make it melodramatic and have them tied going into the last question sure so we bumped the questions out of the way and so we get down to the final question this promoter is credited with bringing back outlaw 410 sprint cars to michigan
1: I liked Brad's guess with Jerry Slade. Uh, I work with Jerry at my day job at, at WCSR and him with Michigan Whitetail Properties. When he comes in, he's supposed to talk about real estate, and instead we end up talking about sprint car racing. He, uh, I believe he's a Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer. He did a lot with 410 Racing back in the day with sod and everything. He held some track records. Brad, I like your guess. I like it. Mike, I'm not sure who Andy Stebbins is, but according to Gary Lindahl, Neither one of those are right, Rich Rantz. No, and I didn't, and I
2: had to trust Gary on this one because uh, I was not involved in racing back
1: then. But it was Dwayne Lacombe. Now, Dwayne Lacombe? Yep, Dwayne Lacombe. Now, <clears throat> I I will say that that's a very strong possibility, Gary Lindall, because uh, there's a Lacom that is very that was very involved with the 410 non-wing sprint car racing, Travis. Um, so I guess. Maybe that's possible, Gary Lindahl. Did you know? I'm questioning this one, Rich. I'm questioning it. But I'm- uh, he, well, he did he did add to it that it was Dwayne Lacombe from uh
2: and, and the Crystal Motor Speedway. Okay, so uh, uh yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to give it to you. Know what? There isn't a lot in in racing from from in the past in back in the days that Gary doesn't know. True. So there there's not a lot. So I'm gonna have to. Even though we came so close to getting all of them right, uh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to err on the side of caution and, and say, guys, you're just one question short.
1: <laughs> now I'm not doubting Gary. I'm sure that he knows his stuff and that, that that's that answer is correct. But I wanted everybody to get one. I wanted to, I wanted us to have one where everybody had all the answers right.
2: Well, we're getting well, we're getting there. You know, we got to. We're going to do this a couple more times with Gary, so uh, for during the 2021 season. So uh, somebody's got to get one. They're start. You know, the more we do this, they're starting to get the hang of this. That's thing. for sure. Hey, our appreciation.
1: And, uh, by the way, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I want to say our appreciation to Fast Time Racing Engines, who helps us present uh, Gary. Did you know? So um, check them out. If you have uh, an auto parts need or a, a, a go fast need that uh, you'd like to take advantage of. Fast Time, that's all one word, Fast Time Racing Engines and Parts. Um, check them out. See what they got going on. It's not just for short track stuff. I mean, for instance, we have NOS. Bring your bottles, $6 per pound. NOS, you're not running that on the short tracks. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are, you're really good at cheating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so thanks for playing along. Gary, did you know? Nice job, guys. Uh, maybe next week you'll be able to get them all right when we do. Gary, did you know? Coming up. Oh, uh, man, it, it's coming up very soon. So watch our Facebook page and and keep it tuned in right here to Horsepower Happenings. Okay, with that out of the way, now let's move into our first interview tonight. Rich France, let us know who we're talking to. Well, Zach, uh, this gentleman made it to the finals in our HPH Best Driver
2: Challenge. Um came up second. I think we made him mad because he just went out this year and locked up the regular season championship for the ARCA CRA super series makes his home in Auburn, Indiana. Hunter Jack, welcome to horsepower happenings.
0: Hey, uh, thanks
2: for having me on. Uh, happy to be talking to you guys again, man. Tell me about this. Uh, did we make you that mad when you finished second in that? Because, um, I mean, you haven't parked it in victory lane, but you've had a really solid season.
0: Uh, yeah, you know, you guys didn't make me mad. I mean, we wanted to win that, but uh, it's all fun and games. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, uh, over the off season here, we worked really hard, and 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 uh, you know, with our new Van Doren car and everything, uh, things were looking good. And so uh, as, as we got the season started, uh, the car showed a lot of speed. I feel like I've been better all around this season. Uh, and we've just we've had really fast race cars, and we've we've been really close to winning the those some of those races. Uh, but just keep coming up a little short, and we're working on some stuff right now. I think that'll help kind of finish out these races, and and hopefully get us that big win we've been looking for. Uh, but you know we've been finishing right up front there, right where we need to be, and it's shown. Obviously, it was we. Uh, locked out the regular series points championship. So that's uh, really cool. We've had a really good start to the season, so I'm hoping we can keep firing off and and finish it off. I think the key here is that you've been
1: consistent. Um, You know, the the wins are, I don't know, they don't seem as important right now, especially with the Arca CRA Super Series, where consistency is a little all over the map for everybody. You show up, you have good finishes, and that's put you right there at the top. And I think we kind of know from the way that the, the last championships have played out is is with that big race to end it all, the uh, Winchester 400, all you have to do is really finish that race, just put 400 good laps together. Are you guys already looking ahead to that, or what what sort of steps are you guys working through right now to make sure you're there?
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. Obviously, the Winchester 400 is uh, the, the big race, and it's it's honestly just surviving the race. I mean, honestly, just staying on the lead lap and, and you know, surviving. Uh, but, yeah, we're definitely looking towards Winchester. Um, we haven't been super good there in the past, so we're, we're going to go test here in a few weeks and hopefully get an all-around better better car under me uh but the way the way we've our cars have been this season i mean i went to nashville and and had really good speed there and we never do good there so that that tells me what we're doing better things this season uh so i i feel good going into winchester i think we'll have a lot better car this year um so maybe we can go try and win that first race at winchester there and and kind of give us some confidence going into the four hundred. Um, But obviously, we just need to finish every lap. And so we need to go through our car really good before that race and and make sure everything's going to last because uh, that's the most important part. Well, you
1: mentioned it, and I was going to ask you about it. Does that race in September, which is race two of the playoffs, are you happy that that's at Winchester? Or, I mean, does that give you a chance to see where your weaknesses are? Granted, it's only 100 laps uh, compared to the 400 that you finish off with. But there's got to be some, um, you know, I don't know if excitement's the right word, but at least some, um, you know, anticipation maybe to run that race so you kind of know where you might be in a month when you come
0: back. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's going to give us a really good chance to, to get our car sort of dialed in to where it needs to be for the 400. Uh, I know there will be some heavy competition there. So we want to win a, an Arca CRI Super Series race really bad, and that'd be a, a good one to, to go win. So uh, we're, we're working hard in the shop right now and and uh, hopefully we'll have a good car for there and we can go and, and try and get a win. Now we know
2: you've had good speed at, at the big tracks, the half miles. Uh, two years ago, you had a had a great car at the Glass City 200, got out there to a big lead early uh, before your car started going away. Um, that's got to give you confidence that your your half mile program is, is about where it has to be. You just need to be able to kind of make that car last a little longer
0: uh, yeah I mean we've it seems like we've always done really good at, at some of the bigger tracks uh, especially Toledo um, and I think I think with our, our new chassis it's uh, it, it seemed to have a lot better drive especially throughout the race uh, I go back to Nashville there we had extremely good drive the whole race and I was really happy with it I mean I've been happy with the way the car has been the whole season. So I feel, I feel like we should have a lot better car, uh, especially for Toledo there uh, towards the end of the race. Um, but you know, that's something we've really been working on and I, I think we're really gaining on it. So that, that's another race I really look forward to. I, I think we'll have a good shot at winning.
2: How important is it to you to go to these bigger races to where you get, you know, some of the guys from the cars tour and in the Southern super series, uh, along with along with the Arcus so all together at the same time, because it seems to me this year, and, and and Zach and I have talked about it, and and we haven't quite figured it out. When you have a standalone event, um, you guys are having a little bit of trouble pulling a whole lot of cars.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know what what we need to do as far as that goes. Um, hopefully, hopefully CRA is working on on different different things they can do maybe you know with the rules and stuff to to pull more cars but I love it when those you know like the Bubba Pollards and the Steven Nassies, I like it when they go to the races because it pushes us that much harder to to be better and, and everybody's better all the way around but those are the kind of guys I want to beat because those are the kind of guys I want to be like I want to be the guy that pulls in the racetrack and everybody's scared because they think they're already beat so that's that's kind of what we're working towards, and that's that's where I'd like to be someday. So, yeah, definitely like it when those guys come to the racetrack.
1: So, again, uh,
0: Hunter Jack, regular
1: season champion with the Arca CRA Super Series. The end of the regular season didn't end on a high note for you. Uh, so this is kind of the, the championship is, uh, to me, kind of what – resets your guys's um, ambition and your um, drive to win because that Redbud 400 you had a really fast race car and you got taken out of that early Um, how hard was it to keep your head up and and know that all right you know we got a bigger picture here that we're looking at sure we wanted to do good in that race but um, you know what we're we're racing for a big picture how hard was that for you as a young driver to get that through your brain and say all right you know what that was disappointing but we're going to move on.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that you know, that definitely hurt. I mean, we got in some oil there. So, I mean, nothing we could do. Um, and then, you know, you watch that, the end of that race and you see, you know, Carson is up there and Crump and ended up winning the race, you know, two Van Dorn cars. And I feel like we had a really good car. I mean, I was passing for fifth there and it, it was early in the race. There was a long race to go and I, it got rough. So, I don't know where we would have ended up, but I, I think we would have been right up there in the thick of it. So, I mean, I can't hang my head too bad uh, we had good speed and and uh, i was happy about that um but yeah you know we're definitely looking at the big picture uh we got i think four three or four races left here so uh definitely definitely big things to come i think think we'll have a good end of the season here we're just going to keep working hard battle at berlin 150 the next event
1: coming up for you it's also now the next event coming up for the jegs cra all-stars tour you're obviously racing for a championship with Uh, The ARCA CRA Super Series, that's why we're talking to you. But your little brother, Tanner, not only racing for Rookie of the Year honors, but he is right in the middle of a championship hunt in the JEGS Tour, and you guys are going to get a chance to race together on uh, Saturday, August 21st. Talk to me about your feelings heading into that. Uh, I I believe you guys have raced together before, maybe not. Uh, How's it feeling going to Berlin?
0: Uh, Yeah, we've uh, we've raced together before in the past, uh, like some sportsman races and stuff at Angola. Um, so I definitely like racing against him he's a he's a good driver definitely definitely grown a lot over the last two years here so it'll be really cool to race against him uh you know Berlin's a really tough track I've never had luck there before it's kind of a place you got to run all the time to be good there um but I you know I feel like this this uh this time going will be better um than than previous uh I, I think the setup will be close we just need to really fine tune on you know the driver line and and getting a good feel in the car um obviously this will be tanner's first time so yeah i mean hopefully we get some good test time and and can really figure the track out Uh, that'll be the biggest thing battle on that racetrack um but i think if we can work through that uh, we should have a good finish there what is the team's uh, morale
1: like or or what's the excitement like in the shop? Or, or maybe it's not excitement. Maybe it's nervousness. Uh, just what is the atmosphere like when you guys go to the shop with both you and Tanner racing for a potential championship this year with the Champion Racing Association? How is that atmosphere like?
0: Uh, you know, we're definitely excited every time we go out in the race shop. Uh, it's normally me, my dad, and my brother. So that's a lot of a bonding time for us. Uh, we enjoy working on them. Um, But we definitely put our heads down and work hard and try to figure out what we can do to be better. And, uh, you know, you know, definitely work over those cars and and make sure everything's spot on. Uh, But, yeah, you know, we definitely we have a good time out in the race shop uh, and, and we work hard out there. And by
1: the way, real quick, just to, to put a cap on that thought, uh, the updated points are out, not on the website yet, but uh, um, I have a chance to look at these. Tanner is still in second spot in the points now, headed into the chase. And, of course, um, with with Cody getting the win on Saturday at uh, Birch Run, um, 1,000 points is his deficit right now to Cody, but uh, Tanner sitting in that second spot right now among chase competitors like Cody Coughlin, a three-time champion, Chase Bird in third, Dylan Bates fourth uh brian demlin fifth and andrew scheid sneaks into the playoffs there in sixth so um i I just gotta wonder as a brother how much fun are you gonna have to be able to watch him race for a championship while you're
0: racing for yours uh you know I, i think the world of my brother uh he he works super hard out on the race cars and he wants to he wants to do everything in racing just like me so i think the world of him and it would be uh it'd be really cool and emotional to see him get that championship you know he came up just short last year uh, with the late model sportsman so yeah we're working hard and I'm I hope he can go out there and get it you know uh, Coughlin's definitely been tough this year but we're working hard at it and he's definitely definitely uh, getting better Um, so you know hopefully with that testing time at Winchester can really figure something out for not only me but for him too and and you know that'd be really awesome to here, the Jack boys won both championships. So that's the, that's the goal right now. And we're going to, we're working hard towards it. Now,
2: you know, you talk about getting better and, and we got to catch up last year at the snowball Derby uh, where you actually had a really good car for most of the, most of the weekend. Are you guys looking, uh, you know, you get close out this season with the Arca series super series. Are you guys thinking about going down to the all American 400 and the snowball Derby um, at the end of the season?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, we definitely like to go back to Nashville, I think after how good we were there in the spring. Um, and I, I, I think it's in our plans to go to the, maybe run the snowflake again. Um, but I'm not quite sure yet, but we definitely like to, you know, that's such an awesome race and an awesome experience to go to. Um, but yeah, you know, we just gotta, we gotta focus on this championship and, and hopefully lock that out. And then I'm sure we'll uh, end up going to All American for sure, and and hopefully the Derby as well. Over these
1: next uh, what is it here one two three four races that are in the, the playoffs for the CRE Super Series. Where do you where do you look and think that your best opportunity to
0: get that win is? I mean, I I definitely have to say Toledo. That's that's probably been one of my best racetracks. Um, but I, I think I think we'll have a good shot at Winchester as well. Um, but yeah, definitely Toledo. Uh, we're always fast and we always fire off good. Had, had we not had a, a bump stick issue last year, we might've been able to hang on there and, and get Carson far at the end, but, uh, it would have been tough, but I think, you know, this year we found more speed, uh, more drive, more st- stability in the car. Some of the new stuff we're working on. So yeah, de- definitely got to be Toledo for sure.
2: And Hunter, I got to tell you, I was, I was going to say, I was, to answer Zach's question, I think any race that the 14 car does not show up at is probably a a pretty good chance for you. Uh, He's just been running so well in that machine.
0: Yeah. You know, he's definitely been tough. Um, Those guys are, are good. Um, But, you know, we gotta, we gotta work and, and go out and beat them. Um, That's the kind of competition you gotta go out and beat uh, to be the best. So we're working hard. Uh, We're, close at flat rock there he was a little bit better towards the end uh but you know we're working and we're gonna go out and get him here hopefully soon
1: is it is it encouraging at all though to have guys like kyle crump and and you mentioned carson hosovar earlier and those two and how they did at the red Bud in those van dorn racing development cars i mean my understanding is when you run a van johnny van dorn race car everybody's looking at the notebook uh, if you drive a johnny van dorn car everybody's looking at the same notebooks <laughs> everybody's trying to make those race cars, uh, fast for everybody.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think for the most part, everybody shows up with about the same stuff. Uh, it's just that, that tuning, getting your car tuned at the racetrack. Uh, sometimes, sometimes we struggle with that a little bit. Um, but there's a lot of things here we've been figuring out that'll, that'll help us. Um, and you know, sometimes like if, uh, if, if we could have Butch Van Dorn at the racetrack with us, that's when we really learn a lot. Um, but you know, we've had Jimmy Tucker going with us a lot and he's taught us quite a bit. Um, so he should be with us these last four races. So I think, uh, that'll help us a lot and, uh, kind of get the car tuned in there towards the end of the race. And yeah, I think, I think that should really help us out a lot. You know, Hunter,
2: you talk about, uh, getting you know being able to share notes but when it comes down to it you guys can show up with the same baseline but you guys all drive a car a a different way and I think that's where it doesn't get you all the way to the end but but it saves you some time from from all the stuff that you would normally have to learn in practice
0: uh yeah definitely um I, I think as as far as driving the car differently um, we, we, you know, some of us like it a little tighter, some of us like it a little looser. Um, it's just, it's kind of, it's really hard to figure out what you need. Cause you know, you get your car too free and then you're, and you're free in the race. So it's, it's finding that, you know, you gotta be too, too tight here or too loose there, depending on where you're at. It's just, that's the part that's hardest to figure out. Um, but we're getting it figured out. So I think, I think that'll be good towards the end of the season here.
1: Kind of the last question from, from my end, and this is maybe something that I don't know a whole lot about, but I understand there was a time where you could win the ARCA CRA Super Series Championship, and then the next year you would get a chance to race with the ARCA Menards Series in some capacity, and I don't don't know the details of what that partnership used to look like, or maybe it still does look like, but we do know that uh, last year Greg Van Alst went, won the ARCA CRA Super uh, Championship. And now this year has been running select Arkham and Arts uh, series events. Any plans for you to make that move if you win the championship, or maybe even if you don't? Any plans for you to hop behind the wheel of an Arca car?
0: Um, I mean, you know, obviously that that was always the goal to to try to keep moving up and move up the NASCAR ladder. But it's just so tough with with the kind of money it takes to do that. And I mean, if we could find sponsorship or even a ride to go do that type of thing. That's definitely what we'd like to do. I feel like the, the talent's definitely there. Um, my, my drive and my, my work ethic, I feel like I could move up and, and be good. Um, but you know, we just got to work harder at the sponsorship side of things to, to go do something like that. Um, but you know, maybe if I go and win that championship and win a race or two, something could happen for me. I don't know, but we're just going to, have to keep working hard at it and and hopefully those uh you know those um opportunities will open
1: up you're gonna have to get into that series uh hunter and and see if you can figure out how to teach those boys how to keep a race car on the track for uh, an entire 200 laps they're tearing a lot of stuff up in the arkham menard series this year <laughs> yeah that's for sure man uh hunter it's always a pleasure rich i think you got one more thing here and then we'll have to let him go
2: yeah, I was just going to ask, you know, he, he had brought up sponsorships and, you know, it's not free to run this thing at the, in the ARCA Series, Super Series either. Uh, Hunter, now's your chance. Uh, kind of let us know who all helps you out and makes, makes this season possible for you.
0: No, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, first of all, I got to thank uh, Vandorn Racing Development. Awesome race cars. Uh, definitely the best sport out there. Um, go Engine Performance, awesome engines. Uh, their support is awesome as well. Uh, NAPA m Auto Parts out of Butler, Indiana, Hartman Auto Body, uh, All-Star Performance, PFC Brakes, Color Master Incorporated. And then I want to give a big thanks to my mom and dad for everything they do for me and allow me to compete at the level that we compete at. Uh, and then big thanks to my brother for his hard work in the shop and at the track and everybody that supports me. It uh, means a lot.
1: Well, man, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations on a regular season championship, and we look forward to following along as you try to wrap this up here in twenty twenty one. Hunter Jack, man, good luck, and we'll see you at Berlin. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate. it Thanks for having me on, Rich. I want to take a break and talk about late models at Merit. How does thirty three thousand dollars sound to win? Sounds like a pretty good payday to me, um, man. I don't know about you. I'm getting excited for Woodtick at Merritt Speedway coming up on August seventh.
2: Yeah, me too. It uh, looks like I'm going to be spending my time up there, and I get to cover that event. That that will be a privilege this year, because uh, I for that kind of money, you're not going to see a 22, 23 car field. I don't think I the, and and the Dan Soleil Memorial as well uh, with, with lap money the work, and yeah with a lap money and everything that Leah is doing. Um, There is going to be a lot of money given away. I'm going to hang around with some really fast people all weekend long. Yeah. (laughs) And maybe maybe I can move in on some of that because somebody's going to be walking away with a whole bag of cash.
1: Yeah. And here's the other thing to think about, too. We were doing the Prairie Dirt Classic this weekend for $50,000 with World of Outlaws. Um, Would it be such a stretch of the imagination to think those guys might just make the loop and come up to merit? for the woodtick weekend. Um, I don't think that's a very big stretch. And we heard Dona in his post-race interview Friday night, we heard him say that he's hearing some scuttlebutt, that there's going to be some big names coming up there to try to take the cash.
2: I said that when I I said that Zach when we discussed it earlier in the year, when this first came out, that it was going to be $33,000. Even the guys that do this for a living don't run for $33,000 every week. Okay, they're showing up at ten, twelve thousand dollar races for the World of Outlaws, and the Lucas Oil Series. Uh, Thirty-three thousand dollars. You will see. Some people show up for that and try to take it back home.
1: And, hey, by the way, while we're talking about Wood Tick, if you'd like to go, I've got your hookup for a pair of tickets. All you got to do if you're listening is message us on Facebook. Drop us a line on Facebook. Let us know who you think is going to pick up the Wood Tick win on Saturday, August 7th, and you could be the lucky winner of a pair of tickets to the general admission gate for saturday august 7th thirty-three thousand dollar to win wood ticket Merritt speedway more information available on the Merritt speedway facebook page and online at meritspeedwaymi.com all right rich france time to put a cherry on the top of this episode of horsepower happenings it's uh really i'm excited to get this one in uh a new another first-time guest to our program let us know who we're talking to
2: yeah zach he is the owner promoter of one of my favorite shows in the off season if not the most favorite because I I try not to try not to ever miss this uh, at the Rumble in Fort Wayne um, makes his home in Bradford, Ohio, and he, he got some new stuff to talk about uh, this week. Larry Boost, welcome to Horsepower Happenings.
5: Hey, good to be here. Heard so much about your show and anxious to uh, reach out to your listeners.
2: So I have to ask you right out of the gate. Um, obviously, with everything been that's been going on. It's wait and see, but uh, what are the plans for this year? I'm really hoping to be able to get back to Fort Wayne this year. Oh, as we all are,
5: and uh, right now, all systems are go. The uh, Expo Center there at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum is anxious to host us once again with full capacity, and uh, we're looking for an even bigger and better show because everybody's hungry to see the midgets, the 600s, the go-karts, and the quarter midgets, and uh, uh, I don't think there's anybody more anxious than me, actually.
1: How hard was it to uh, make that decision last year? I mean, you know, obviously everybody wants to be safe with COVID and the unknowns of that. Um, there was a lot of racing that did happen in Indiana, but it was outdoors and um, what was that process like for you to have to deal with that with one of these one of these biggest off-season if you will or wintertime events uh, not being able to go? Well, obviously
5: it was a bitter pill to swallow, but uh, you know, safety comes first and with the expo center being owned by the county we were under strict regulations that they had to follow and uh, we were still going to try it we were at about a uh, 25 percent capacity limit and uh, we were still going to go and uh, give it a a shot but it was uh, it was kind of tough because it was going to be on an invitation basis and then trying to determine who and what could compete was getting very very rugged because everybody wanted to compete and you hate to say no so Uh, Then when the health department came in and pretty much shut everything down, it was, wow, I guess we're done. So we just now make plans for uh, this year
1: yeah, for sure. All right, now um, you talk about this year what a what a whirlwind it must have been for you. Um, now you are in charge of the promotion duties for Montpelier Motor Speedway. A race strength that a lot of us up here in in Michigan are aware of toward the off season or toward the early part of the season. Uh, you know, beginning and end of the season kind of bookends with Montpelier because it used to be one of the first tracks in our region that would start and one of the last ones to wrap up. Kind of a sad history over the last couple of years of Montpelier just slowly worked its way to being closed. Um, I guess without getting too much into the mud and into the weeds, what was the what was the final straw there from what you understand that, that kind of did Montpelier in before you were able to uh, come along and help it out?
5: Sure. The owner of the property, Harold Hunter, uh, you know, he absolutely loves the place and he has had some uh, pretty serious health injuries and he still struggled along trying to do the best he could. And then I think the tip of the iceberg for that was then when his wife was in an auto accident, that kind of uh, set her back quite a bit. So now with two, uh, partial pieces they couldn't put together a full puzzle and he opted to lease it out uh, a couple of times to some various individuals uh with you know needless to say not good results so uh you know harold just he did try to run a couple of the year-end shows including their signature event the monster mash last year and then it was going to sit idle this year well I had gone to an event there last year and I sat there in those bleachers and I said, This is truly a uh, diamond in the rough. And, you know, someday I would love to get my hands on this. Well, this year, after 30 years, I chose to uh, retire from Eldora. It just was getting to be quite a bit of a load for me. And I thought, you know, now's the time to let somebody younger come in and enjoy the uh, great ride that I've had at Eldora. So, I sat a week at home and I said, you know, this isn't for me. I, I can't sit still. So I reached out to Harold and he and I just, uh, clicked right off the bat. And in two weeks time, we put together what normally would take like six months. And we were able to get open last Saturday and, you know, a few rough edges, but, uh, fantastic car count, probably one of the larger crowds the track has seen in many a year. So, uh, we're 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 eager to see what the rest of the year will have for us,
2: Larry. How did kind of talk about what you had to do? I mean, how hard was it? Uh, was the was the track in, in reasonable shape t- to host an event? Um, you know, when when you went there and said, okay, we got two weeks to do this. The parking lot was mowed.
5: <laughs> no, it it was a lot of work. A lot of work. Uh, obviously, anything that's unattended unattended gets, you know, uh, looking like that. And, uh, weeds under the bleachers, actually weeds and grass growing through the racetrack. Uh, it just needed a lot of, uh, lipstick. So the first thing was get the weeds cut down and make it. So when people drive in that, it looks like, Hey, something's being done. And then holy crime, I can't tell you how many feet of lumber we had to put into the bleachers to repair them. And then, a lot of paint put a lot of paint down on the concrete barriers worked on the ta system which unfortunately uh we overloaded it saturday so we have to get a new amp for that that's one of our biggest projects right now but uh uh just uh, just giving it some tender loving care and uh treating it like it should be and harold right away as soon as we made the deal I mean, that's his thing he, he's the earl Baltus, i think of the operation he loves the dirt he loves playing on it and he prepares a great racetrack. He's left everything else for me to get ready, and uh, we did it with a lot of volunteer help. I I can't believe the community. They're tremendous.
1: I think it's great that you mention the partnership that you have, uh, because there are some situations in our sport and, and in our region where you've got one group or one guy that owns it and one guy that or group that tries to promote it and sometimes they don't see eye to eye and you know they can make it work but the potential is not truly met do you think that you're in a situation where your love for the sport and your um, vision are going to be supported uh, with what you'd like to do and vice versa his love for the track and his vision for the track will be able to be met and supported by what you would like to do? I absolutely
5: do. I, I, I'm I not, I'm not going to pull any bones about it. Everybody says, be cautious what you're getting into and everything. And, and Harold and I just sat down and uh, we looked at each other in the eye and I could see, just as you just said, his passion and my passion. My goal is not for me. It's not for him. It's for racing. We both have, he has pride in that racetrack. I have pride in reputation and we both have come up with one common goal and that's to make Montpelier a race destination and I think uh I think we're going to get along great I really do.
2: So I guess I can ask you with uh you know a whole couple of weeks on the job um are you going to try and continue what they built or do you have big plans to 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 bring in other races uh to Montpelier?
5: Well obviously we're going to bring in some more racing but uh as I've told everybody, I think we've been contacted by 18 different types of divisions out <laughs> there that want to race at Montpelier. And, uh, you know, my standard answer is, look, let me get my feet wet. Let me know the community. Let me get to know the track. And we're going to start with just the basic program of the modified super stocks and the compact Hornets with the the D2 midgets coming in as well. And then uh, we'll grow from there and look at things next year. But Uh, I don't want to make wholesale changes. Montpelier has its own charisma. I want to maintain that and uh, just uh, come up with some signature shows, including a late model show, a sprint show. Uh, We've got the Monster Mash, but I want to do another year-end multi-division show, but being cognizant of the neighboring tracks and not stepping on their toes.
1: You know, I think this is great. This is a a thing that we don't see a lot anymore with our industry, and that is uh, racetrack coming back from potentially being gone forever. I mean, this track was closed. uh, Its future was in jeopardy, and and now it's back. And um, just how did Saturday go? Meet expectations, fall short of expectations. I thought it was great that I saw right on the uh, the Facebook page there that uh, it was said, you know what, we had some issues. We know that. We're going to fix them moving forward. But we also had some things that went really, really well. Where did Saturday fall in line with your expectations?
5: I I think everything fell equal to or above my expectations with the exception of my end as far as putting the show together. We had issues right off the get-go with uh, the scoring system, and uh, I wasn't able to adapt right away to a manual system, and that got us off to a late start. We completed the actual show from hot laps to feature in less than three hours, but we didn't get started until late, and uh, that—that's not me. My goal is, has always been start on time, quick, clean show out the door, and go have fun. So, but as far as the racing, the racing was typical Montpelier. I'm telling you, for a little bullring, it's amazing. Three and four wide racing was fantastic. The car counts were great with 38 modifieds, 31 superstocks, and 24 of the Hornets with you know, a two week notice. So I was overly surprised and pleased with that. The concession gals brand new, they did a great job. Everything was up to snuff with the exception of getting started on time. So if I gave myself a scorecard, I'd have to say 75% and, uh, this, year, this week, it's going to be 90 or better.
1: Well, and I tell you what, I love to hear that about the surface because that was one of the things I was worried about when I saw the pictures of the grass growing through it and it being tilled and turned over. And I thought, man, how is this, is this track still going to be racy like I remember it being when I was down there driving on it and watching races? I mean, uh, midgets and open wheel cars and, and even the modifieds and, and the super stocks always put on a great show and I wondered what sort of life does that track have in it now that it's sat for a couple years so I think that in my opinion is is the number one priority if you've still got a racy track the rest will come
5: right Harold did a phenomenal job And, and as I said you know in our previous uh conversation here tonight he uh he uh sees the goal that we have and he has such pride in the track. He wants to see Montpelier succeed. And with, you know, my ambition, he told me he hasn't seen anybody with this much energy. He told me today that I was wearing him out. All he could do was sleep yesterday. <laughs> so I, th- I thought that was a compliment. But he, yeah, he, he's going to work hard. We're going to work hard uh, with the support of the fans, the continued support of the racers. I, I, I look for a great 2022
2: now, Larry, I had to do a little bit of uh, research when when Zach let me know you were going to be on the show. And and something I saw that was cool, um, you post a lot of messages of positivity. Um, and I think it's pretty cool. And it's not just for a week. I mean, you can go through your social media and it's all through there. Um, I have to think that that that's you're taking a lot of that and the love for those comments into this job with you.
5: Yes, I am. I, it, as I always say in my social media, every uh, quote that I paraphrase or copy and post on my Facebook page is a reflection of something that I am thinking that day or a reflection upon a thought that I have for that day. And uh, it's just uh, trying to concentrate on being positive because social media can be so negative, and I, I want to draw away from that but I also want to point out and make everybody aware if I screw up, I screwed up. And and this is why I screwed up and what I hope to fix.
2: And you know, that's really going to help you because if, and, and you probably know this, if there's, if there's any job that you don't want to be and be involved in social media, it's a race car racetrack promoter.
5: Yeah, it can, it can be cruel, but I have to look at it at the positive side that, you know, if they're going to make that much effort to make a comment, I need to read it and uh, dissect it is it hey is it just somebody being bitter or is it something that I can learn from and uh, you know it, it it gets disheartening some of them because uh sometimes we call them keyboard warriors where <laughs> they can just say what they want with no repercussion and they don't realize the effort and the hurt that uh, you know is involved but you, you, you can't dwell upon it you know they're, they're a customer and they have the right to uh, voice their opinion
1: First week, UMP Modifieds, Dylan Newsbaum, Superstocks, Josh Litton, Front Wheel Drive Hornets, Rodney Sutton. This coming weekend, USAC Midwest Thunder Midgets, come into town and then the rest of the schedule on race watch for announcement and as you said you've had um, almost two dozen series or or uh, sanctions or divisions want to race at montpelier can you tease us at all what might be coming in the next few weeks uh you know obviously you've got a schedule watch for announcements through the first weekend in october and then the monster mash at the end of the month uh, anything that we should be watching for to come to montpelier in 2021
5: Uh, not at this time because I frankly was overwhelmed in the last two weeks trying to get everything ready. So I just put together the first two weeks and, uh, now that we've got that first show under our belt and I say our, because we're a team, it's not me. And, uh, I want everybody to be aware that it's more than me, but, uh, we are working on a schedule. Hopefully by the end of this week, we can at least get the month of August detailed and then go through September We'll come back the first week in October, the Monster Mash, and uh, you know, as probably one of the original runners of the Hangover Race back in <laughs> 1979 at Sandusky Speedway, I'm looking at doing a probably a Thanksgiving turkey type race at Montpelier, weather permitting. So we're we're gonna play, we're gonna have fun. That you know, that's what I'm looking at it for, and everybody there, we're just to there to have fun and uh, I think everything after that will fall into place.
1: That's what dad always told me the sport was always about, was having fun and and here's an example of that to wrap it up Tony Anderson paid for the first 25 fans to get through the gate on Saturday night comments on social media uh, include car Car count was great, crowd was a great surprise Um, I mean people are fired up people are happy to have this racetrack back and uh i think that this this was a great post car count great crowd great promises for better things next week that's from Montpelier motor speedway on facebook um you guys have got some energy you guys have got some life and we're looking forward to see what comes throughout the next uh few weeks here down in indiana so larry thanks so much for joining us congratulations on bringing this diamond out of the rough and putting it back in the spotlight and, and good luck with the rest of the season
5: Well, thank you very much, and uh, we always tell all your listeners, if you can't get to Montpelier, get to a racetrack, because this industry is only going to be as strong as the support from the race fans.
1: That's Larry Boos. He's got the reins at Montpelier Motor Speedway. You can check him out on Facebook at Montpelier Motor Speedway or find him on the web at racemontpelier.com. What a pair of fantastic uh, interviews tonight. Thanks so much to Hunter, Larry, Uh, man what a what a show what a nice show and rich when you talk about good shows at the races this weekend is you can't you can't draw it up any better than what you have coming up this weekend and it all starts this week on thursday well yep coming up on thursday zach at the new paris speedway The 20th anniversary
2: of the Summer Sizzler 100, or as most people know it, the Tyler Roark benefit. (laughs) Uh, 100 laps, $20,000 to win for the Outlaw Super Late Models. Uh, racing down at new paris on thursday kicking off at 8 p.m
1: and then on friday tri city motor speedway if you're a fan of sprint car racing you're a fan of what we got at tri city all three of the great lakes family of sprint cars in action with the great Lakes super sprints great lakes traditional sprints and the great lakes lightning sprints we'll have an autograph session at six o'clock and that'll take us up to racing at seven friday night at tri city motor speedway and then all of my fendered friends are going to be up north with rich France.
2: I hope so. I think I think we're going to have a good crowd this weekend, Zach. Uh, you know, we we've not missed this event together until this year, but I've not missed it in, in the last few years. Uh, Merritt Speedway wood Tick Weekend. Uh, we're going to kick things off. Let's start out with Thursday. Uh, Thursday they're going to have a test and tune night. Uh, if you're if you're up that way, come by check everything out. Uh, see see who's back there. See who's going to compete uh, this weekend. And then on Saturday or Friday night, Woodtick Night Number One, uh, late models will run qualifying uh, qualifying heats, dash for cash, qualifying races. All divisions will be racing as well. Um, there, Zach, get this: over a hundred and nineteen thousand dollars in purse money throughout this whole Woodtick weekend.
1: Can you believe it? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Believable. Now, this is not around here, but I know that there are some guys going from this region. Specifically, Jason Blonde, I'm talking to you, making the trip down to Nashville for King of the Wings. That's where I'll be headed on Saturday. Um, and but when we leave this region, we're missing some great events. So you mentioned Woodtick, which is going to spill into Saturday. I'll let you hit those details. But how about Springport, Mid Michigan Speedway hosting the annual Hotshoe 100, 100 laps. to win for Modifieds. This is going to be a fantastic show, and I don't get to be there. So good luck to our buddy Chris Phobe, who's going to take that one in, and uh, he's going to be very busy on Saturday, and I'm looking forward to hearing how it goes. Hot Shoe 100 at Springport on Saturday for the pavement fans, and then, Rich, you get your money's worth again at Merritt Speedway. Yeah, Zach.
2: This has to be one of the very few times throughout the year that there are two pavement races, and I won't be at either one of them. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we will be. You know, Saturday will be the big day at Merritt Speedway, the 33rd Ed Van Dyne and Woodtick with fourth annual Dan Soleil Memorial. Uh, Whereas they never make announcements, but it's always has been 75 laps. We're going to go with that until Mike Blackmer changes it. Told
1: otherwise. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Until we're told otherwise, thirty-three thousand dollars to win that event, plus lap money. Zach, somebody's gonna walk away with a boatload. I'm gonna become his friend. (laughs) It's 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 gonna be fun. All division that'll be features on Saturday. And if you want, if you got kids, say hey, I don't want to sit around the track all day with my kids because there's nothing for them to do from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Saturday. They are having kids' games and giveaways there. They're having face painting, dri- a driver dunk tank. I should take my bathing suit. Maybe they'll let me sit in it for a little while. What do you think?
1: You want to try to get dunked? I bet there will be a Why line, not? a line to dunk you in the tank.
2: Yeah, probably. I'm going to take it just in case, just All in right. case they get bored and they need somebody. But bike, they're going to have bike giveaways, prizes, photo shoots, bounce houses. Uh, their mascot, left turn, Louie, is going to be there i love that name that's you know, great left turn Louie for a racing mascot that one wins hands down uh except i don't know who's your the hoosier mascot hoosier was
1: pretty cool as well good stuff good stuff what a weekend of racing my goodness um we have so many options for you i don't know where to tell you to go all i can say rich and you'll echo this just get to a racetrack it's already august it's already august the season is wrapping up we're running out of time get to a racetrack, go, have fun, take a friend, pay the entry, get in there, take advantage of the time to spend it with your kids, to spend it with your family, to spend it with your friends at the races before the season wraps up. So, Speaking of wrapping up, that's going to do it for tonight's episode. Again, our appreciation to Hunter and to Larry. Thanks to the drivers who talk to us while we're at the races with them. For Scott Menlin who pays the bills, for Rich France, my co-host, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you so much for tuning in to Horsepower Happenings. Have a fantastic week. Stay safe, and we'll see it somewhere, somewhere. We'll see you at a racetrack down the line, and we'll talk to you next week, same time, same place, right here on Horsepower
0: Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past
4: episodes by logging on to HorsepowerHappenings.com and be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.